This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Hour two brought to you by Boreal Offices. And uh, we get to start that by going to the Kansas City Barbecue Pit Hotlines. And we talk to the incumbent for the District 96 Illinois House of Representatives seat uh, representing the Democratic Party. She's Sue Shear. Sue, how have you been? I have been very good. Thanks for having me. You're, you're reaching that Wiley veteran status now. I remember when you went into office about seven years ago, I think I saw. And, uh, boy, you, you just keep you just keep prodding along now, huh? That just sounds so weird because in my heart, <laughs> you know, once a teacher, always a teacher. That's true. That's true. When 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 you when you got into politics here, what what's what's been the most eye-opening experience uh, over these seven years? Oh boy, uh, that's a big question. Yeah, I uh, I think the most I would say maybe two things. Okay. One thing is I I really understand. Uh, the people actually do care that do this job, which honestly, before that, I didn't think they did. Okay. And uh, I also see that we really have more in common than we have differences. Yeah. You, you know, what politicians and, and the people? Yes. And Democrats and Republicans. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's tough. But to... Both, both. How tough, it's tough to get stuff done, right? I mean, you have to, how often do you have to bend, you know, on things that Um, that you think your constituents believe in? Well, I'll tell you one thing that came as a totally caught me off guard is one of my first bills was my uh, monitoring highway billboards, and we were spending $5 million a year to have a guy drive by and take a picture and put it through his camera and make sure it followed all the rules for highway billboards. Okay. And I thought, well, that will be the easiest bill in history to get passed. (laughs) And you would not believe how hard I had to work to get that passed. The lobbyists came like ants out of the woodwork on that one. Uh, it, It did finally pass, and it is law, but it was not easy by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, so that that's shocking. Every decision you make, there's going to be a group of people mad at you. you know, oh, is, yeah. Is that just something you, oh, yeah. you've accepted? Yes. You you just sort of reach the point where you think you just can't always make, like Abraham Lincoln said, you're never going to make everybody happy. But, you know, as long as you always stay true to yourself and you vote with the majority and you truly believe in democracy – then I don't have trouble sleeping at night. Mm-hmm. What does it take, Sister Sue, Representative Sue, to to continue on this journey and continue to want to have uh, wake up in the morning and put both uh, pair of shoes on and, and 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 really get up and be our representative? What does it take? And then a the second question: What does it take to win? Because you 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 have a phenomenal winning record. <laughs> you know you haven't lost so. Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is you can't be afraid of long hours and hard work and nerves of steel. It takes all of those things and lots and lots of prayers. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's sometimes it's the strangest things. Like last night, uh, I'd been walking, knocking on doors. Actually, Courtney, I was at your old house yesterday really? walking. And uh, these nice little girls were out riding their bikes in front, mm-hmm. but Anyway, um, so after a long day's work, I sat down and I thought, okay, I'm going to watch the First Ladies on CNN. And it was about 
Eleanor Roosevelt, and it was about her going into the projects and and dragging FDR in there and showing him firsthand what kind of poverty um, people live in. And I just, it refreshed my energy like you wouldn't believe. And I just thought, these people deserve to be represented just like this group does and just like that group does. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, it reinvigorated me to just keep pushing harder and harder to help the people that need it the most. Mm -hmm. So I would say that and a lot of hard work. Um, there's no such thing as taking the day off or taking it easy. Mm -hmm. But those are really the two main things. You, you've, you've been there seven years, Sue. What are you most proud of so far? Well, that $5 million sign bill was a pretty big deal. But, uh, but the biggest deal has to be that we got the fair funding for schools passed. Mm -hmm. I have been fighting for that since 1978 when I became a teacher. And to think that I was there to push the button the day that vote was taken mm. and through the whole process of it, it, it's just sort of eerie almost that, you know, that I was there to do that. That was without a doubt my biggest moment. When we start looking ahead, what what are the next few years? How important, you know? I know we don't know who's going to be in the presidential seat, but but mm -hmm. how, what do you, how do you envision the job? I don't know, changing or what will be the most important pieces that you think that you're going to have to try to? What's the most important work to do here over the next few years? If you win well, again? I'll tell you as weird as it is. Now that we got that bill passed, to make sure that the funding actually goes to it and that it doesn't get sidekicked somewhere else mm -hmm. will be one of the tip top priorities. And then we're going to have to continue to go line by line through the budget and figure out how we can be very frugal with our money. Because uh, if a lot of people don't realize this, but if it's not bad enough that we have all the people out of work, and then that's a huge drain. And it's a drain I strongly believe in is mm -hmm. the unemployment. But no, that being said, it's a huge drain on your government taxes because that money doesn't just fall from heaven. So you've, you've got to figure that out. And in Illinois, what's making it extra hard is when Bruce Rauner was governor, we went for um, two and a half years with no budget. So that was no social programs being funded, people being let go right and left, no meals on wheels, all those kinds of things. And those agencies just hung together by the skin of their teeth till we were able to get a budget passed. So we're still trying to recuperate from that. And then, of course, we had to go in huge debt because of that, because if those bills aren't paid, then you do someday have to pay them back with interest, which a lot of people didn't realize. So, you know, we're, we've got like a double whammy here trying to recover from both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, obviously the world, a lot of the world right now is a, is a war against racial hate. Uh, how, how, can, how can this office, you know, what, what can this office do to, to help end, uh -huh. you know, and, and, and the racism? Or at least, you know, what's the piece of the puzzle that this office can do in your eyes? Well, one thing that uh, just is happening like this exact minute is there are grants out there, $4.2 million we funded for racial healing in Illinois. Mm -hmm. And as you said, it is absolutely unacceptable 
that uh, African American families have to worry when their when their little child leaves home or their teenager, whatever age, and then they have to worry: will they come home the way that they left, mm. all in one piece? And my heart just absolutely breaks when I even think about that. So we in the General Assembly during veto session. We have four huge areas that um, that we will be looking at votes for trying to figure out how we can help. And I can't help but feel that one of those areas is we have to go back to more community policing and the policemen knowing the people in the neighborhoods and the innocent people in the neighborhoods knowing who the policemen are, that they can one-on-one help them. Um, and then they need more psychological training in how to deal with all this. So we have a huge shortage right now, and and that's just adding to the problem. Sure. Campaigning during COVID is what have you done differently? If you've done oh, yeah. anything really differently, but what have, you know, is it tougher? Other or, than the obvious, we know right. you're masking up and you're trying to stay right. away. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, what I finally decided to do is I thought, okay, I will be 100% outdoors, and I'll wear two masks. I actually put on my census mask, and then I put my sushi mask on top of that, and I wear gloves. And then as soon as I get done knocking, I step six to eight feet back, and a lot of people will step outside and talk to me or talk to me through their screen door, you know, the glass. Yeah. And um, and they're actually quite, I'd say 90% of the time, they're very happy to see me at the door because they've been cooped up and they have all this anxiety from COVID and they have all this anxiety from all the news and the ads and, you know, and their problems continue. There's so many problems right now with unemployment. It's just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. How does your office help with that fight, too? You know, it, it's going well, to be a long year back for businesses. and Right. Right, Eric. Well, we hired two extra staff uh, just to handle the extra calls in addition to the staff that we already had. Mm. So I hired one in Springfield, one in Decatur, and that's just to help with unemployment issues of trying to make sure that they get all their questions answered and get it filed so that they can get uh, whatever they need. I just talked to Chubby Brown, our sheriff, um, Saturday, and he said there's all kinds of fraud issues now. So, man, if people would just do the right thing, life would be easy. That's, that's you're absolutely correct. When indiv- if you when individuals say or speak or criticize your record, what's your response to that? Did you say if, when people criticize yeah. my voting record? Right. What's your response to people criticizing okay. my voting record? Sure, Courtney. Um, you know, it's like what we said earlier. You're never going to please everybody with every vote that you take. And I don't even get to please my own self because a lot of times <laughs> I take votes that are like, well, if I were in office, I wouldn't vote that way. But mm-hmm. I'm in office not in an anarchy but in a democracy. So – I vote with the majority of my district, and that's one thing I can say is every single solitary vote I've ever taken, it agrees with what the majority of the people in my district mm-hmm. want 
And, you know, we're never going to all get what we want. Mm -hmm. Never. But we we have to believe that democracy works. And that means voting with the majority of your people, which is why I knock on doors all the time. Mm -hmm. That's how I one on one find out how people feel about things. And get to know the people. Would you say that's your secret sauce? Going knocking yeah, on doors because that's, that's what I hear about you. Like they say, she has an old school way of campaigning, and it's the knocking on the doors. Yes, and asking questions because and interacting. Well, nobody wants to answer the phone. Look that's a for person sure. in the eye and tell them you care about them. If you know, you can't do that from TV or in front of a big crowd or anything mm-hmm. like that. You have to do it one on one. So, what's your take on the graduated income tax? We've got a lot of local business owners around here who are not fans of it. Well, I. I'm interested in hearing uh, more about that simply because I've done a lots and lots of research my own self about this, and the way everything looks to me is that we're looking at three choices. So if you make under $250,000, your taxes will stay the same, slightly go lower or quite a bit go lower. If you make over 250000 they are going to go up. So that being said, are these businesses profit over 250000 I don't think a lot of them are, and that's why I don't understand why someone, you know, in that boat would be against it. But And Senator Menard and I talked about this about a week ago at length, and we both agreed, and he's our chief budgeteer in the Senate. And we both agree people really have three choices. They either vote and pass the fair tax, in which case, in my district anyway, I would say about 98% of the people are not going to, um, their taxes will not go up. They will go down or stay the same. So either that's going to happen or everyone's taxes will have to be raised, and that includes minimum wage workers, hourly jobs, teachers, uh, firemen, the whole nine yards. Or property taxes are going to go sky high, and there's going to be major cuts to schools and to health care. I mean, those are our only three choices when you see that we're coming off that that two-and-a-half-year no-budget with Ronner and the COVID and the unemployment on top of that. So, um, you know, if you make under 250, but if you really think about it, we have such an advantage downstate because in Chicago, the cost of living is so much higher north of I-80. So those people are going to take a much bigger tax hit because there's a lot more people up there that make more than Mm $250,000. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sue, we appreciate uh, appreciate you, you, you spending some time with us. Anything else you'd like to talk about? Anything you're getting asked regularly that uh, maybe you didn't see coming out on the trails? Um, not that I can think of. Okay. I was just thinking the other day, though, I wondered if you remembered this, when you were the radio announcer for that fabulous team at Stephen Decatur. Uh, do you remember me coming up to you and saying, Oh, Eric, when you're a grown-up, you've got to do radio or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I got that a few times. I think I remember getting it from you. Yeah, I, yeah. well, how, how I is the family? job at that time. I was a teacher. but The, the Shear family, Stephen Decatur family. So uh, That's right. That's right. <laughs> Eric, have you seen her grandson? 
Uh, no, a natural. He's basketball is in him. For, for, is I, that right? Yes, I is saw this Beth's video. kid. This is I don't know which kid is that. Sushi. He was on. Son. Yeah, yeah. Beth's son. This right. kid is awesome. Man. Well, Sarah could play a little bit. I don't remember Beth really? being much of an athlete, so that might have come from well, dad. No, but her husband Maurice is a yeah. heck of an athlete. Came from Maurice. I was going to say. And, yeah, Sarah. <laughs> so I think, uh, believe it or not, that Logan probably got a cross between Sarah and. Uh, and his dad Maurice. So how old? How old is Logan? Logan is six now. Okay, but the so kid can dribble. He and Christian are the shoot. same age, aren't they? Well, uh, Christian is eight, and Logan is up two years younger. Oh, um, okay. So Christian then is Leah's age. Okay. Yeah, and that's what's amazing about this kid. When I saw the video, I said, "Wait a minute." No. And this was two years ago. Like this video <laughs> is old. This is a four-year-old dribbling a basketball like he's in the seventh grade. Yeah, but he's not um, a Carson, so he passes. Amen. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, he's going to be a shooter too. I could tell. Suit all of you. I wish good luck. I uh, I don't wish I don't wish uh, politics on anybody nowadays. It's got to be a rough business. So right. That, yeah. Well, it's somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate the service and uh, and best of luck to you. We'll talk to you again down the road. All right. So Thanks long, for your Rhett. time, you guys. Take care. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.